Radio Volume 13. I am your host, Food One, aka the Major Tom of Outer Space Cosmic Mixtape Podcast Shenanigans. Take your protein pills. Um, starting it off, man. New New York TES 2003 test. Check his shit out if you get a chance. Ben Harper following it up with Bring the Funk which is my motto for every day, gang. I jump out of bed, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it, bring the funk. Diamonds on the inside is the LP 2003, and we just heard the electro funk classic, Clear by Cybertron. Uh, man, I'm fresh off the plane, Las Vegas in full effect. Uh, was there for the ABN Expo, a signing, checking out Jammy Land, and um, big thanks to my homeboy, Corey, who owns Wood Rocket. Uh, those guys make uh, porn parody movies. I'm sure you've all seen them. Don't pretend like you're not familiar. 
But Corey brought out uh, me and Farrell Dalrymple, Brandon Graham, Alejandra Gutierrez, and we did a signing at the Wood Rocket booth on Wednesday, the first day of the con. Um, literally, no one showed up for <laughs> for for my stuff. I did zero signing and I sold zero books, but I kind of knew that going in there that um, this isn't really my scene. And uh, it was funny to walk around the show. I was very, very surprised at how small it was. It wasn't what I was expecting at all. I think I had some weird grand fantasy about like, um, just, I don't know, over-the-top weirdness, debauchery, and um, crazy, crazy shit happening. And I showed up, and, and it was just like three small rooms with people exhibiting, selling dildos, and some of the porn star girls there hanging out, and guys like taking photos and videos of their butts and boobs and uh yeah it, i don't know it was weird it didn't really it didn't really affect me in any way it didn't really uh do anything for me so uh that was wednesday and then thursday i had a real great signing at alternate reality in comics with brandon farrell and i want to say thanks to ralph the owner of that comic shop for hosting us treating us great, taking us out to dinner afterwards. And his shop rocks. If you're in Vegas, go check out Alternate Reality. They have a fantastic selection. And he's got this wall in the back of the comic shop with beautiful original art, original pages from Preacher, Sandman, Adrian Tomine originals. And I mean, my mind was completely blown because he has a mint condition prestige jack kirby original page from black panther i believe it's issue five inked by mike royer my favorite jack kirby inker and just seeing it in person man i was like my I, my face was like three inches away from it and i was just studying all the detail the crisp beautiful line work and it just looked perfect so beautiful, so amazing. Um, we had cool cats show up at the signing. People brought us gifts. It was awesome. I met this kid, uh, David Diaz, who gave me a beautiful original drawing of a topless girl DJing. I believe it's Gwen from the Girl Scouts, but there's vinyl, David Bowie, there's a Skull Funk shout out, a little MF Doom in here. Dave chose Monko the Whale. Um, but Dave, here you go, buddy. You're getting your shout out on Skull Funk Radio. <laughs> um, great meeting you, man. Keep up the killer work. Uh, what else? I did some back issue hunting at a fantastic comic shop called Velvet Underground. Classic old school spot. Um, stacks of comics everywhere kind of chaotic kind of crazy but if you're going to dig which i enjoy doing I, I enjoy going to other cities and just digging for old comics and meeting comic book retailers and hearing their stories and whatnot um the guy who owns velvet underground was really cool i asked him if he had any old faust 
comics by Tim Vigil, he somehow went to one of the aisles and dug through a stack and like reached his hand in and pulled out a mint condition copy of Faust number 11 signed by Tim Vigil, which he sold to me for $4. So that was a big score for me. And, you know, the main reason I went to Vegas was to check out Jammy Land. I don't know if you guys have seen my social media, but I opened a bar in Vegas with uh, good friends of mine. I mean, I guess I should say they opened it. My friends Danielle and Alan, they opened this spot. They've got bars in, in different cities in America. They're restaurant tours, expert cocktail mixologists and they opened this spot and they pitched me on the idea a couple years ago they wanted me to art direct the spot they wanted me to do a bunch of murals and whatnot and it was a lot of work and the price for the work would have been very very expensive so instead of paying me they just offered me a deal where they basically gave me a ownership in the in the uh the venue. So I, I've never done anything like this before. I don't know anything about running a restaurant, but these guys are experts. So I rolled the dice and said, yeah. And um, we went out there a year ago and started installing these murals in the 110 degree heat of the summer. And we pasted half of a massive, massive wall outside the venue in their parking lot. We would work at night and we had an electronic lift and we were kind of like losing our minds basically over the course of four or five nights of, of working and still hot as fuck and a week later the um, wheat pacing just started to you know crack and crumble under the dehydrating intense heat of the desert and the mural basically just fell off the wall so these guys had the brilliant idea of just printing the work for the interior of the bar on wood and installing it. And then they got their homeboy, Jumpin' Jerry, to paint the actual wall outside. So over the course of two weeks, Jerry would go there at night and project my artwork onto the wall. And he meticulously traced it and painted it. And I was very nervous about this. I, I thought this could go very, very bad you know I didn't know what would happen and he actually rocked it and uh, it looks fantastic so I'm very excited about it jammy land is in full effect if you're in Vegas go by there and tell them I sent you it's in the Arts District 1121 South Main Street um, there's also a fantastic coffee shop around the corner called Vesta where I had breakfast and coffee every morning Killer spot, man. Great for people watching. And Jammy Land, fantastic food. Just won best cocktails in Vegas. These guys know what they're doing. Big shout out, big love to Alan and Danielle. You guys are the best. Thanks again for everything. And Vegas was a trip, man. It's good to be back. Let's get back into it.
mama told me I'd use my kid And I've been scratching around your window pane Let me in, let me in, baby So I can feel good all over again Sitting here licking my palm Yeah, you're a tall cat and you're my kitten And I'm just sitting here licking my palm Well, you know, you're neither dreaming When I want to strike your back with my claw Busting the back that ass up like juvie Sophisticated bourgeois niggas with bad habits And if you don't like it, you can get it And stick it where the sun don't glisten Niggas is critics and some don't listen I told y'all, persevering through all of this bullshit And life is A black six and a hood rat catching the contact Plus the energy Get my brains blown out like John Kennedy Remember me? Split a nigga ear to cheek within the beat Best kept secret, got some shit fixing to hit the street Y'all niggas ain't even an issue So real, a nigga bleed through the pencil It's like that Y'all gay motherfuckers, it's me 
scene. I'm seeing buying beats off this nigga. That's like the end of my career. Yeah. I tell a nigga like fuzz, man, fuck that. I'm trying to add these bitches like you see me, I touch lax. Give niggas pounds like see me, I touch lax. Plus tracks banging out the back of the range. Respect my gunning. I speak with a double barrel slang. And unison with this music in the back of my brain. Rockin' straw hats and Prada's. Tommy eating on McDonald's, but I know the time. It's time to get you up a bottle. Uh, shit that's hard to swallow. You ain't even an issue. I'm so real, a nigga ain't got an issue. It's like that. Uh, turn it up, baby. It's like that. It's like that. It's like that. Shining to do, and when I drop, I'ma redefine hot. See, y'all niggas got a lot of rhyming to do. I'm trying to get a spot with a view. Uh-huh. A tan six in a watch band with a diamond or two. Understand it? Granted, I'm a buster, I can't breathe. And every chicken alive got my cover the vibe. That's the Usher with Jay Z, yeah. the Montana way. Crashing cabaret, glasses a cradle, link swinging past my navel. Cocky enough to captivate you, you're all consumed. Just mad at arrogance in the air when I walk in the room. Recognize what you quest and press on, and if it ain't dawn, that nigga still pawns on the chessboard. Like Cat said, don't nobody give a fuck until you get them ducks and hit them up. I spit for the bucks, square business, what? What? Niggas, it's like that. JD, drop the beat, what?
back. Idiots Rule Jane's Addiction 1988. Where were you when you first heard Nothing Shocking? That was a record that I got turned on to in high school before anyone knew about Jane's Addiction. Um, last episode, I was talking to you guys about my boy John Grothy, who turned me on to ska music. John also turned me on to Jane's and brought me, you know, a, a, a poorly dubbed version of that record. I brought it home and it just blew my mind and kind of disturbed me at the same time. And um, I remember seeing an image of Jane's Addiction at a certain point at a record store, them in their very weird, gothy, gypsy, androgynous, LA heroine style fashion look. And I just thought that they were very strange and, and odd and disturbing, but I was obviously completely drawn to it. And Jane's was one of those bands that it was just so weird to be the only two people in an entire school to know who they were. And then alternative rock and roll, underground music, whatever you want to call it, it, it went mainstream in like 92 when Lollapalooza blew up and these guys started to become big on MTV and jocks started showing up at shows and like moshing and it it was so fucking weird and then suddenly I would see like jocks in my high school wearing like Jane's Addiction and Primus t-shirts and uh, that was weird and then the good thing for me is in 93 I moved to Kansas City and went to college and I just went down this wormhole of just straight like funk record digging underground hip-hop, jazz, and I didn't care what was mainstream or what had happened with these alterna rock Lollapalooza bands, because I, I was just like, fuck all that, I'm, I'm off on this like deep, deep funk crusade, but um, Ritual De La Habitual dropped in 1990, and I bought that when it came out, and I have a very specific memory of uh, in the suburbs of St. Louis, my buddy Jeff Gilson was like hanging out with this girl, Shauna. I don't know if they were dating. You wouldn't really call it dating because none of us were getting any action, really. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. Sorry to call you out, bro. But um, we would hang out at Shauna's house when her parents weren't home. And her and her friend Anne, they would smoke like cloved cigarettes and, and we would we would all like sing along to Jane's Addiction. And there's just a very specific 1990s memory for me. I can just, yeah, the, the, the fall colors, the trees, the smell of clove cigarettes in the air, man. Um, Jay Dilla, it's like that from his Welcome to Detroit record, 2001. Rest in peace, JD. Uh, one of the greatest hip-hop producers of all time and probably one of the most interesting and unique and, and, and just badass producers in music of all time. Uh, we lost him in 2006, but definitely explore his entire catalog of music. He started off working with Slum Village. He's worked with Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, Farside. 
The Roots, Erica Badu, Common, and my favorite collabo, obviously, of his is with Madlib. They did the uh, J-Lib record, which you should immediately go out and get right now, right at this very moment. Um, and to start off with Jay Dilla, go get his Donuts LP. That's the one you want. Muddy Waters starting off the set with Tomcat, 1969. Uh, the record is Electric Mud and was, I guess, very controversial when it came out because Muddy wanted to, you know, do an experimental thing where he was mixing uh, basically, you know, electric blues with psychedelic rock with with like 60s acid rock. And I think blues purists were very shocked and horrified by this. They were, I think they were like, what are you doing? Have you lost your mind? And he was a hip enough cat that he was like, no man, this is like the new shit. I'm gonna get into some of this fusion stuff. I'm gonna get weird. I'm gonna smoke some of the reefer and see what these kids are into. See what they're talking about. So that's just my, you know, theory of what happened. I could be completely wrong. Uh, you know, stranger things have happened, guys. Let's get in to some rhythm and rock. Thank you. 
all our squad in action. My man Adam Levy at the top of the heat. To the Godfather Mitch, got things all hemmed up. Ain't tech in effect, what's so blame? G-Town, my part of town. 3-2 cross the bridge, you know what I mean? Yeah, I wanna say what's up to my South Philly Danger Zone posse. A special hello to my mom, 28th Street, Chester, 24th Street, Mike C, my brother Tron, my sister Evans, Hogan House, the dancer 88 for Monty G. Yeah, boy.
Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Funk Factory, 1975. Doesn't get any deeper than that, any doper than that. Rien Neva Plus is the name of the track. And of course, big, big sample. Beastie Boys sampling that on Paul's Boutique on the track Car Thief. Can't miss out on that one. Tough Crew before that. My Part of Town is the track from 1988. Danger Zone is the full length LP. Get your grubby little record collecting hands on that one. That one, yeah, you want that. Trust me. Cinemaphonic starts off the set. Rhythm and Rock from the Electric Soul, um, excuse me, Electro Soul record from the year 2000. Cinemaphonic is fantastic. They do like epic instrumental, uh, you know, very cinematic, uh, almost like movie score level groove in the same vein, vein as like Bob James or uh, David Axelrod. So uh, for me, those kind of records are like the ultimate late night drawing studio records. Under the cover of darkness, the streets are quiet, everyone's sleeping. I got the midnight oil burning. I'm making some shit and that's my soundtrack. I gotta give a huge shout out to my homeboy Street Hawk who sent me this fantastic book, Our Band Could Be Your Life, Scenes from the American Indie Underground, 1981 to 1991, featuring Mission of Burma, Minutemen, Black Flag, Husker Du, Minor Threat, Replacements, Fugazi, Mud, Honey, Big Black, Sonic Youth, Butthole Surfers, and more. Uh, Street Hawk is a good friend of mine from LA and he heard me talking about Minutemen in the last episode and sent me this book because his older sister shot a photo of the Minutemen that is, that is in this book. And it show up, showed up unexpectedly on my door with a note from him. And I turned to the page and I was like, oh shit, yeah, check this out. Look at this photo. Really amazing, man. Thank you so much, Hawk. I appreciate it. And uh, I met Steve, I met Street Hawk, because he lived in my building, the infamous 1545 apartments in Hollywood. And he was neighbors with our boy, Jeff Shagawat, rest in peace. And Jeff and I would basically, in a friendly and loving way, torture and, and, and you know, annoy Steve basically every night with our drunken and drugged out shenanigans. But I think, that he enjoyed it and he actually loves us and, and it's all good because eventually we would go into his apartment and watch uh, Night Gallery reruns at night. Rod Serling's weird, fucked up uh, 1970s anthology horror fantasy show, if you can describe it that way. Guys, uh, stay tuned. The Supernaut mini comic sketchbook is on its way. It's being printed as we speak, so I'm assuming it will be done and out by the time you hear this show. You can check out jimmafu.com to order it. 32 pages of funk, designed by Jane Dope. Brand new material, sketchbook material, fun stuff. Also, we got um, Emerald City, Khan, and C2E2 coming up 
email me jimmafood at gmail to get on the pre-con sketch commission list. The pre-con pieces come out better than the pieces I do at the show because at the show I am drawing, I am talking to people, and I'm eating a sandwich all at the same time. So sometimes when I'm at home in a peaceful environment, just me not answering the phone, looking at the computer, just me and my music making the commissions, they come out a little bit better. Uh, that's the secret. Um, daily updates at Jim Mafood on Instagram. You all know the deal. Thanks so much for your love and support for checking out the show. Feel free to repost, retweet, share on social media about the show. Um, thank you for the DMs for all of you guys who've been sending me the messages. And uh, what are we doing? I guess I'm out of here, man. Um, I'm going to see The Killer, the John Woo classic movie on the big screen tonight. So I'm out of here. Gonna leave you with some Zappa, Frank, live from Germany, 1979, OCAM's Razor. This is a fucking next level elect electric performance representing what I love the most about art and music and creativity, which is when people just bring it. When they bring their A game, when they're not fucking around and the art is them, it's an extension of them and they're fully putting it out at 110%. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what I've tried to build a career on. No hack shit, no fussing, no mussing. Just fucking bring it and put it down to the motherfucking ground. Why am I cussing so much in this last section? I don't know. But anyway, man, this is next level shit. This is just... Frank's not even playing the guitar. It's like the universe is playing him, man. And he's the conduit for the universe's energy and it's coming out of him into the guitar, through the guitar. So enough talk about it. Kick back, dig, and enjoy, and I'll catch you guys in two weeks. Thanks again. One love.